Today I went out with this $3,800 in my hand planning to buy at least one vehicle. The first stop turned out to be someone who was trying to cheat me out of my money. The second stop turned out to be somebody who could confirm that the first one was trying to cheat me out of my money. So I wound up back with the same $3,800 in my hand and no new vehicles, which is probably the best case scenario in this case. Today we're going to talk about how you can tell when somebody is trying to cheat you. Good information to have. If you buy and sell vehicles for a profit or you want to, you're in the right place. This is the Flipping Genius Podcast. Our number one goal is to help our listeners make more money. Every episode, we share information, ideas, and experiences of real-life car flippers. I'm Randy Lee. I'm the host of Flipping Genius. I've flipped cars most of my life. For over a dozen years now, I've been a licensed dealer. I am working to build the best podcast about successfully flipping cars for a consistent profit. Let's get to it, flippers. Uh, I had a, a chance to buy a uh, what looked like a pretty good vehicle. Um, and as I've talked lately, buying has been difficult because uh, it, it seems like everybody's overpaying still for vehicles, at least in my, my view. So I, I got a call from uh, somebody who had responded to one of my uh, bandit signs, and it turns out somebody I already had in my in my records from a previous conversation. And uh, so I went out this morning with the intent of buying her vehicle, her personal vehicle, uh, if everything checked out the way that she she said it did, and. Uh, Conversation seemed to go pretty well. It, it, it looked about like what she had described it initially. I was checking the vehicle out like I always do. It was a Chevy Equinox, which is not my favorite vehicle. Uh, I've seen a lot of engine trouble. This one had about 176,000 miles on it. Um, body was in good shape. Interior looked pretty good. But... Let me tell you a couple clues that popped in my head, popped in my point of vision, I guess. Um, as we walked around the car, which was in her garage, I noticed it had good tires. Uh, the, the body was in pretty good shape, other than the the, uh, the hood had some scratches on it uh, from apparently laundry baskets. Um, but in the back seat, I found two jugs of oil that was good oil. The expensive stuff that I don't usually buy, um, one of them was half empty and one of them was empty. And that that always uh, alerts me. Now with 175,000 miles, it's possible that the vehicle would leak oil. But she said that she had had that, that leak repaired a couple of years before. And that she thought that oil was probably from an oil change from a year ago. Things started to not add up. Um, vehicle had been sitting in her in her garage for a few months while she drove other vehicles and uh, as she told me the repairs that she had done they added up to probably hmm, two or three thousand dollars and uh, we had already negotiated on the phone down to thirty two hundred dollars for the car and I I had planned to probably buy it for around twenty five hundred if possible 
Um, anyway, she went on and on about all the, the repairs. The timing uh, chain had been replaced. Uh, uh, I believe a new battery, uh, alternator, uh, fuel pump, lots and lots of money, including new tires less than a year ago. Um, a lot of money put into this thing. And I, I, I thought, boy, if everything's straight, like I'm, I'm here and this is going to be a good vehicle. But then I started it up. And when I started it up, I could hear what I thought sounded like uh, poor lubrication in the engine. Now, I'm not a mechanic. And you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I do not claim to know anything other than Dennis Johnson and Dennis Johnson auto repair and Gary and the guys down there who protect me. Um, so I, I, I knew I, I was not feeling comfortable with this one though. And like I said, I've seen equinoxes before that have trouble. So I told, I told her, I, I, um, I told her the, the thing I've often told you just tell the truth and you won't have to remember what you said, which my mom taught me. And I, I told her about my grocery, my grocery store story. I mean, literally from her driveway, I could see, the uh, the um, water tower that's above my car lot just happens to be there. It's not associated with my car lot directly. Um, I could walk to my grocery store. Remember, I walk seven miles a day, but but I the, the my grocery store was was just over a mile away. Uh, my house is just it was two point one miles to her house, and and about I'm thinking around a half mile to my car lot. Um, and so I told her, chances are you and I are going to see each other at the grocery store. Or I'm going to see the people that I sell this thing to at the grocery store. So I, I'm going to tell you everything 100% honest right away. And I'm hoping you're doing the same thing with me. But I've got a, I've got an issue with this car. I don't feel comfortable with it. But if you'll carry it over to Dennis and have him check it out, I want to buy it if he says it's good. But if I buy it from you right now, I'm going to try to steal it from you because I've got to cover the uh the concerns that i have i gotta gotta protect myself and i really didn't want to buy it as a steal because then i knew that there was something wrong um so we we shook hands on that deal and and, and uh he, she said that she was gonna do that and then dennis would call me and, and you know it, it could still happen i could be wrong but i'll tell you why i don't think it's gonna happen uh in the next part of the story <laughs> Oh, is it? Somebody used to always say that. I can't remember what it is, and you, I'm probably too old, and you won't remember what it is, but there's somebody used to always say mm, the rest of the story. So the rest of the story is this. She told me she had taken the vehicle to another mechanic that, that I know uh, who had done most of the work, some fairly significant work, and, and she told me that guy was going out of business, which was also news to me. Uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to go talk to John. So I went down there. And John was in, and I was happy to see, sad to see that he's going out of business, but good for him because he's got something new cooking with uh, his racing business, and that's going to work out better. But uh, in in talking to John, I knew if he's going out of business, he may have something there for me to buy. So that's where we went with that right away. Uh, started looking at a Mercury Grand Marquis that I, that I was interested in, offered him some money. Came away empty-handed on that, at least for the time being. But my wife wind up going back and and, uh, and buying that if he changes his mind on on the, the number. I we couldn't get to my number, uh, 
But in talking to John and in, in one of his mechanics, I mentioned this other vehicle and uh, sure enough, as as the conversation kind of flowed naturally, uh, his mechanic, who I'm certain knows more about cars than I do, uh, agreed with my assessment that that vehicle may have a blown head gasket, which was one of my main concerns with the Chevy Equinox is what I've seen before. So I suspect I won't be getting that phone call. Uh, if I do, fan, fantastic, and I'll come back next week and tell you that, that I, I'm not as brilliant of a psychologist as I thought I was. But the fact is that this really very sweet, kind sounding uh, and acting individual was trying for damnedest to cheat me out of my money. And had she sold that vehicle to me with the blown head gasket, it would have not turned out well for me. And I'm not going to pass that trouble on to somebody else. So I would have had to get that repaired. So that was the story that we had for today. And I want to break this down a little bit more in, in what kind of telltale signs that you can find in a conversation that will help you not get cheated. And then I want to talk about that situation with John and the negotiation there. Um, what I did right, what I could have done better, and what you can do to get good deals to come your way and to walk away from the bad ones. All right, let's talk about telltale signs of deception. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to talk about this in in broader terms, but I'm going to use the the uh, the situation at hand that I was talking about uh, from. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm that was yesterday. Now I, I jumped ahead a little bit, uh, but the uh, the one where I was talking about the um, the um, private owner trying to uh, deceive me a bit about her vehicle. Um, first off, this is always a good rule. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is not true. Um, you know, when your phone rings and, and you're asking <laughs> why you are being blessed with this opportunity, uh, then there's a good chance that there's, there's something out there that, that that's not uh, kosher. Um, now, now I don't, I don't think everybody is trying to deceive you. I mean, I, I had a call this, this afternoon, uh, another person called about another vehicle that they were trying to sell me. And, uh, you know, they, they told me the, all the good stuff about the car. And then I, I needed to call them back because I, I, I had another deal working and I said, can I give you a call back when I'm done with this? And I did. And, when I called back, the first thing I, I said, you know, is what's wrong with the car? And they, they came right out and told me exactly what was wrong with the car, which in this case, it was a, a bad engine and a bad transmission and it just needed to be junked. And they were straightforward. They weren't trying to uh, hide anything. Um, and actually I find, I personally think most people are, are more straightforward, uh, but it's up to us to ask the questions. I mean, that's, 
that is the key. You, you've got to ask the questions and it's best for you to be cautious and you, you've got to go with who you are. I, I go with my nature. My nature is, is generally to trust people until they prove that I shouldn't. Um, so don't always assume that they're, they're all lying to you. Um, a lot of them will be to some extent, but, but not everybody. Um, and listen for inconsistencies in their story. Um, ask questions that allow you to be aware, um, you know, like, like when, when do you say this or that was done? Uh, when was this repair completed? And then pay attention to those answers. Uh, if, if you need to, take notes. Uh, think of yourself almost as, a, as a, uh, an attorney uh, who is, who is uh, you know, questioning a witness. <laughs> I hate to, to be, uh, put it in, in such uh, adversarial terms, but it's your money and it's your time and you want to protect it. So, you know, pay attention to their answers and, and do all the dates and the stories continue to match up. Um, I'll tell you in the, in the case of the Chevy Equinox that I was talking about, they did not. And I, and I, they gradually were lining up and I, if you haven't ever heard of Columbo, uh, you might look up, look up an old, uh, old, uh, TV series called Columbo. Uh, my dad always loved to watch him. And, and the, the thing was the guy kind of played, played dumb, you know, he, he would, ask questions and then he kind of asked the question again and and he was gradually building evidence um and i guess that's that that approach is probably the one i take uh, i don't i don't ever brag about my my genius i i i do the opposite and i think i'm being pretty honest um but i'm cautious i'm cautious and i don't want to over build myself up and and uh by doing that sometimes you will run across some people who will try to take advantage of you because they think that you're stupid and eh, you know I'm a lot of things but I don't think I'm stupid um sometimes I have been but uh I you know so you're looking to see if the the dates match match up and in this case also with with this uh the Chevy um the question that I I would have to ask is is why would somebody spend you know fifteen hundred dollars on a timing belt it was a timing belt by the way I said chain before but timing belt um, probably $700 or more on, on new tires just within probably six months, a new battery, uh, probably another $800 in miscellaneous repairs that she told me about. And then turn around and, you know, and we're talking about a 2013 with 175,000 miles on it. So the, the value is not terribly high, but then turn around if you spend all that money and, and, and you're telling me that it only needs another $200 repair. And you're not going to do that. You're just going to try to sell it to the guy with the bandit signs that says, I buy cars. Um, or maybe, you know, the, the, the person that you, you know, has a car lot around or, you know, down the, down the street. Um, why would somebody hold off on that $200 in favor of selling it to me or, or anybody like me for probably $2,300 under what Kelly Blue Book would say that private party fair price would be. Um, it's possible, you know, for, it is possible. And I ask those questions. I ask why, why do you want to sell it? Why, why, why? And, and then, you know, 
pay attention to to their answer and pay attention to the little things. I think, and I, I think I might have mentioned it earlier, but but one of the the biggest clues to me is empty oil bottles and and antifreeze bottles, uh, uh, either antifreeze bottles that are 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 empty um, or or are full or more likely uh, full of water inside the car that have have been saved. Uh, you know, for to are being saved so that they can they can fill up the uh, the overheating car um, that that saved me on so many deals. Uh, I, I I love it when I see those at the auction because I know I know pretty much for sure what that is. Um, and and then of course you know listen to the engine and and watch <laughs> watch their. I, I watch their responses to uh, what I am doing. It's it's uh, it's fascinating. People are fascinating. Um, I love it when somebody is just straight up honest with me, and I'm going to try to be uh, as fair with them as possible because it, it, that is that is the truth. When somebody contacts me about a vehicle that they're trying to sell, um, they are they are trying to solve a problem and, and one of the problems is that they don't want to have to sell it to the general public um, or they don't feel comfortable doing that so it's not all about trying to deceive you but sometimes sometimes it is um, and and of course look for trouble signs you know in in, in the case of a of so many cars I, I find a lot of these equinoxes and, and Cadillacs uh, um, look for that white smoke uh, coming off out of the exhaust. Let it run for a little bit. You'll see a lot of times. Um, look for that creamy residue under the oil cap. It's signs of, uh, of of blown head gasket. This is something that seems to come up this time of year more than than other times. Uh, possibly because you're running the heat. I'm not sure. I'm not a mechanic, but I know I, I, I've seen it. Um, I don't know how many times I've ever say that. <laughs> and like I said, but but as you're checking out the car listen to them and watch them sometimes they won't talk at all you know because they're maybe they don't know or probably they're they're trying to you know keep the bad ideas to themselves the bad the bad problems to themselves um and and then of uh, what i did in this time and what i recommend is is if you can and you're you're wondering what's wrong you still have to figure out what's wrong you think there may be something wrong here I give them an alternative that's going to expose their deceit their lie um, in my case uh, I simply offered to take it to my mechanic I, I said you know I asked them to take it to the mechanic who is also the the mechanic that had been referred to them by their former mechanic who was going out of business he said take it down to dennis johnson and of course you know I, you hear me brag about dennis and the guys down there um they're pretty well thought of in the area and i just said yeah carry it down to dennis and and uh if dennis says it's straight i'll buy it directly from there you won't even have to retrieve it we'll just get together i'll give you the cash you'll give me the title and uh and you don't even have to fix this two hundred dollar thing if they if they say that's all that needs to be done i'll i'll pay for that too and we can we you'll be out of your garage and the the, the problem will be solved um and given what she's told me uh you know i want to get it out of the garage i just want it to be out of the way i want to get a fair price for it 
there'd be no logical reason uh, to sell it for significantly less just to save a couple days when it's been sitting in the garage for months and months. And it's not, you know, 10 degrees outside here. Uh, she, she said she didn't like to go outside in the, in the cool weather, uh, which, you know, it was 65 degrees today and it, it's October, late October in, in, in uh, North Alabama. We don't get a lot of real cold weather. So, so there's not a lot of reason uh, even for your own personal comfort to, to have to have this car out of the garage immediately. But it would have been out of the garage anyway in my in my uh, formula because it could have been down there when she could put her other car in the garage and, and then we could have worked from there. Um, so, you know, unless you're, you're independently wealthy, you generally aren't going to make a decision that's going to cost you a thousand or two dollars uh, just for convenience usually usually not but not always time i've i've i can think back of a couple within the last year that i bought the vehicles and i i i probably made a thousand or two as soon as i left the driveway because those vehicles were worth more than i was offering and i knew that um but i had something in mind and i was a little cautious about you know what could be uh, but it turned out in both those cases, the gentleman that sold the vehicles to me were just trying to operate out of a, a point of convenience. So it's not always deceit. So that's, you know, that, that gives you an idea, I hope, of some strategy for, for dealing with people when you're, when you're in a purchasing mode. And this, the same thing, I think, uh, goes when you're on the other side, but so listen and talk, and I just like to be straight with people so they feel comfortable with what they're they're hearing from me. Um, we'll take another little break, and when, I, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about negotiation. Now, so now we've got a vehicle. You've got a vehicle that you're interested in. Uh, I'm going to jump past the Chevy that I was talking about. I'm going to talk about a Mercury. Um, when I went down to see John, the mechanic, and and we, before we ever discussed uh, the, the head gasket issue and, and things that I talked about a moment ago, um, we I, I asked, John, do you have anything here that you want to sell me? I've talked about this a lot to you about going to see mechanics, going to see body shop folks. Uh, going to see other car dealers and saying, do you got anything that you would be interested in selling? Because I'm always looking for cars. And um, in, in this case, John literally was closing down a mechanic shop that's been there for 20 years and turning it into a machine shop and doing something totally or, or quite a bit different. He's going to be working on engines and dealing with uh, mostly racing clients. Um, nothing to do with what we're talking about, except for the fact is that over the years, I've bought some cars from John, and I knew that he'd be a good person to possibly have something, and I knew he might have some information on that other thing. Um, and right away, John said, yeah, I've got a, a, a it was a 1999 uh, Mercury Grand Marquis. A lot of you guys would say, why would you want that? Well, that's, and a lot of you guys would say, I know why you'd want that. Uh, they're good vehicles, and they they are in demand with, with some folks because they're looking for a, a, a full-size vehicle that, you know, the Grand Marquis is, and, and they've got a, they've, they've had a, they've been good vehicles for a long time. 
Um, this one had been a good vehicle for 23 years. It had 225,000 miles on it. It did not look bad. Um, and with the jump, it started right up. It had a brand new alternator on it, but it had to draw someplace that was causing the battery to go dead. And the guys didn't know what it was. So that was something we were going to have to hunt down. The driver's seat, not surprisingly, was, was very worn out. The body did not look bad. It had pretty good tires on three of the four, but the fourth one was available. <laughs> one of the mechanics had borrowed it and put it on his Grand Marquis so he could take it for a drive and, and he was going to throw it back on so I'd have four good tires. Air conditioning worked on it. Heat worked. Everything worked on it. Uh, good solid windshield. For a 1999, these are the things that are important. You know, you're know, you looking for a solid transportation. This thing's going to probably sell for, what, maybe 2200 bucks at the most, I think. Um, and, and you'll get the money out of it if you if you hold on to it. Um, but that means you can't you can't put too much in it. Plus now I've got the unknown of whatever the electrical issue is. So so that was you know let's just talk about that one because that was the one that was on the table. And John said you want to you want to buy this. Um, we went out took a look at it and uh, um, I'll tell you how I did it and how I do it. I said what do you got to get for it, John? And he said eight hundred dollars. Um, it's probably a fair price, and uh, I, which I knew um, it wasn't. Uh, I knew he didn't expect me to pay that. Uh, I could have, but I, I didn't think he expected it. I looked at it over a little bit, and we talked a little bit, and I asked some more. You know, does air conditioning work? And it, it surprisingly did, but but the you know without the jump box, the the thing didn't want to keep running. Um, that was good fortune for me because it was really because the mechanic had forgot to to uh, put the put the battery cable on the battery after we did that it, it kept running but that that caught us a little bit of question it's been sitting for a while there's a few you know signs of of decay i suppose and dirt and uh the more john looked at it the less it looked uh, good to him. And I said, how about 500, John? And he said, ah, you don't really want to. And I said, I know you're not going to make money on this. Because this is going to be something that um, you, you told me you want to get rid of it. And you're trying to clean up the yard. You get some stuff to get out of here. This is one less thing that you'll have to worry about. And you'll have 500 bucks in your pocket. Um, John went to 600. Said, how about, how about, uh, what he said about, how, how about 700? I said, I think I said 550. We got to 600, and I, I probably should have took it right then because it's not easy to buy a good running car for 600 dollars right now. It's pretty old though, and I knew I was going to have to put some more money into it. Um, so I, I think, I think that's when I went back to 550. And he said, "Let me go, let me go get the title. Let me see, make sure I got the title available." Well, in between the walk uh, from where we were standing back to his office and looking for the title a little bit, um, he decided that he'd just sell it to somebody for a demolition derby. <laughs> so now you know who my competition is. Um, and, and he was serious. He said, I could probably get seven hundred, seven or $800 from somebody that's just going to go crush it in the demolition derby because uh, it's, it's got a lot of, you know, it's got power and it'll, it'll still do that. So... I uh, I said, hey, you know my number. If you decide you still want to sell it, you know I'll do the six. Uh, just just give me a call. So I, I'm just I'm trying to talk 
real life real answers as, as my uh, a company I used to work for uh, John Hancock a long time ago used to say that was their slogan way back probably before half you guys were born um, that's that's a uh, the, the story that that went right there that went the exact way it went um, and I think that's that's kind of my negotiating style uh, I find people expect you to leave they, they, they expect you to try to bring the price down a little bit Unless they say I'm firm. If he said $800 firm, not going to take a penny less. I would not. I'd say, okay. I'd either say, okay, let's do 800. I'd say, eh, I can't do 800 for that. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to insult you. You said that's your bottom dollar and I'll walk away. I do find a lot of people will ask me what my bottom dollar is. And I'll say, I got to get 800 and they immediately offer me 600. I say 2,800 and they go, well, how about 25? And I'll just say, why did you ask me what my bottom dollar was? If you're going to, come back with me like that. But um, just FYI, people do that all the time. If, if you're new to this thing, be prepared. Don't let that bother you too much because that's what they do. So leave a few hundred bucks in padding for when they ask your, your bottom dollar. Um, I, I had I did have somebody today ask me if that's your firm price. And I thought about it. And I said, yeah, that is firm. That is firm. Offer me less and I'm just going to walk away. And that's the next thing I want to I want to talk about before before we leave this subject. Walk away. That's that is one you've got to be prepared for. You got to be willing to walk away. Not all the time, but well, maybe all the time. You got to know what your number is, what your situation is, and what you're willing to walk away from. You can't get emotionally locked up on these things. Uh, there's always cars coming. There's always deals coming. Um, and it's not a deal. It's not a deal if it's not the deal that makes sense to you. Um, there's usually wiggle room. There's, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm factoring in is a, a profit usually of 1000 to $1,500, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, probably would have been less on that Mercury. Uh, and so I, I've got some wiggle room there, but, but in your mind, you should say, it's not worth it to me to do this for any less than that. And then you, you got to stick to that. Uh, you can't, you can't uh, let, you know, emotions um, get involved there. You got to, you got to stick to, to that. Um, and if, if you're not getting the deal that you need, shake hands and say, hey, thanks for talking about it. Uh, thanks for considering it, but I can't do that. And then walk away. And truly walk away, um, and that's what I did with with John's situation. I uh, feel like walked away friends and said, "Hey, uh, if you change your mind, yeah, I, I think you're offering a fair price, but I can't, I can't do the seven or eight, and I'm not going to enter a demolition derby." So, so that may be the way to go. And hey, if you can get a couple hundred bucks extra, why wouldn't you do that? Makes makes perfect sense. Um, and, and you know, I know a lot of times a lot of you guys are. Much more talented at the flipping side as far as uh, turning that that uh, 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 that thing into you know from a, a rough stone into a diamond than I am. But this is probably my strength is is finding deals and and making sure that those deals are profitable. So that's why I'm I'm sharing this with you. If you've got something to share as far as other content um, or this same kind of content. Reach out to me at uh, flippingquestions at gmail.com and tell me your story. Tell me what you'd like to share with the group. 
I want to I want to encourage all of us to uh, encourage each other. Um, you know, if you if you're not a member of the the car flipping forum yet, you really should join. And then let's get involved with each other. Let's share our stories. Let's share our questions, because this is truly the the future of this business. I believe is is helping each other learn and 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 listening to each other so that we can learn more. Um, and that's why I set the car flipping forum up just specifically for that. And we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. It's not uh, crazy growth, but but it's it's impressive. I think we'll be over a thousand members soon. And we are seeing some activity on there, but I would love to see more. It's free to join. Just go to flippinggenius.com, F-L-I-P-P-I-N-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. If you're watching the video, it's above my head. If you can't see it above my head, that means that you're not watching the video, which is fine. All of our podcasts are available in audio wherever you listen to podcasts, but we are also on uh, on Spotify and video as well as on our own uh, YouTube channel, the Flipping Genius channel. You can go to flippinggenius.com and find all the audio, all the video, uh, our, our resources page, the link to our, uh, our power flipping forum and links to everything else that we do, including uh, some, some products that we recommend, including links to become a, a, uh, a flipping genius uh, uh, team member, a flipping uh, partner, uh, flipping champion, which are different levels that we will uh, work with you to try to, uh, to help you build your business and uh, would love to, love to have that opportunity. Um, the, our fees are very low for that. And uh, we've, we've got some other things coming down the pike, some other subscription ideas. There are some uh, episodes of Flipping Genius on video that are only available to subscribers. Um, and there will probably be more like that type of content coming because, well, frankly, we've got to build a, a, some sort of revenue stream around Flipping Genius and we're to get our host to want to come on because our host likes to make money. <laughs> I am the host, by the way. Uh, hey, I really do appreciate you uh, listening to this episode. I hope I hope some of these things help you. Um, I, I think it's best for me to share what's boom right in front of me. And uh, if there's something that you'd like to hear more about, again, reach out to me, flippingquestions at gmail.com or you know, talk to me at, at, the, uh, at the forum. Um, if you've got questions I can answer there, I'd be ha happy to answer them there. If you want to message me direct, happy to do that. Uh, look forward to hearing from you. And please, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Flipping Genius YouTube channel. We've got to get those numbers up over a thousand. Uh, please save us as a favorite wherever you listen. And if you can give me a, a five star <laughs> uh, review someplace uh, like Apple, I really appreciate it. Um, leave me your comments on, on the, uh, on, on the videos, um, ask me questions on the videos, uh, share your information wherever you can share it. Everybody let's, let's benefit each other. Hey, let's work together. Let's make some money. Let's all, all of us, let's all become flipping geniuses. <laughs>